Hello. How's everybody doing? Uh, I'm Dash, and we're back. I'm back with Knox again. We're back with Knox again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? How's the how the week treat you? Uh, it was uh, it was pleasant. Pretty damn good. I had some friends from out of town. It was a little bit. Uh, what? Wait, we didn't do one. Yes, we did. We did one last week, but it was right before my friends came. I mean, I don't know, man. It times a blur right now because of all that. There's so much planning involved, but uh, yeah. yeah, I do remember a really good conversation about Final Fantasy last week. That's right. We uh, had a rather exhaustive discussion of classic <laughs> Final Fantasies, the one through nine, uh, which left us though with which left us without talking about ten. And when I started playing all the Final Fantasies, you know, when when I decided a while ago i'm gonna play all the final fantasies uh i only meant one through six right those mm-hmm. were like the classics that i had never done uh but then i love seven have played seven my whole life loved it so i played it of course and i was like you know what you know what why well, stop there let's do eight and nine but i did eight and nine uh and then even ended up moving on to 10 after that and and before i started i didn't even think that 10 was Something I had any interest whatsoever playing in. I, I went into it expecting it to suck. I kind of thought that, like, you know, at, at some point, uh, uh, Final Fantasy transitioned into something that I don't like as much, you know? Uh, like, having played 13, right? It's like, okay, something went off the rails somewhere. Uh, and I kind of just assumed it was 10 was the first shitty one. Um, you know, so I wasn't interested in playing it really, but after playing one through nine, I was curious enough to give it a shot. Uh, how, how did you come into playing 10? I came into playing 10 by being a huge fan of final fantasy seven, as we have established, uh, in the last one. Um, like I said in the last one, I wanted to buy eight because I was graphically impressed as fuck with it. And then I accidentally bought seven and accidentally had a great time. So um, going into 10, I was pretty much, uh, I, I wasn't really too particular, you know, as a kid, like I am now. I, I, I saw impressive graphics. And the second I saw Titus's water sword, I was like, that's badass. I love this game. <laughs> he's got he's got a cool sword on the cover, yeah. Can we establish this uh, early though? Is it Titus or is it Titus? So I've here's the deal. I, I've heard both, right? Mm-hmm. I've heard people argue that it's Titus. I've heard people argue that it's Titus. Um what I can tell you is that the game has you name him yourself. True. You know? He's the one character that you get to name in the game. I named him Titus. So I don't know about you, but you know, <laughs> you're just, I you're didn't. Just na- I didn't name him Titus. I named him Titus. You just went down to the end space and hit OK. <laughs> yeah. And then bestowed upon him Titus. I did the same mm-hmm. thing actually. Um, I before this episode started, I actually watched the American ad for this game, and in the ad itself, not only do they show a uh, really poorly awful interlaced uh, video of the fucking game in the trailer. Like you can see the lines. It's actually kind of brutal. Um, but the, uh, American trailer dude actually says Titus. And I was like, that's silly. I'm not calling it that. <laughs> and, really? Yeah. And we can use the logic of, uh, a, a, a gif is a gif because the creator says gif, even though it's wrong, but you know, the creator says Titus here. So 
Whether or not that bothers you is on you. Some people say to this. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say the creator's wrong. I don't care what they intended. Uh, it's GIF and it's Titus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my logic this whole time has just been that I named him Titus. There you right? go. Uh, what sounds you know. good to say, you know? That's what I go by. Yeah, I could have named him Papitrius if I wanted, but I didn't. <laughs> um, but uh, that, so that kind of thing is interesting, though. Like, like uh, I got into the habit of saying Samus instead of Samus as far as Metroid goes. Ah. And kind of the... Kind of the reason for that is because in Super Smash Bros. Melee, when you pick her as a character, the announcer pretty clearly says, Samus, you know? And so I was like, all right, yeah, that's how you say it. Mm -hmm. However, that same announcer also, uh, at the during the title screen of the game, shouts Super Smash Bros. Melee. Uh, I so... hate it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> So that announcer might not be the best uh, source of these things, but you know, mm -hmm. hey, look, it got me into that habit. So, yeah, you never know, like, because right, the the commercial saying Titus doesn't necessarily mean that the guy that made the character says that that's his name, because you know they uh, right, like the voice director for that voiceover recording might not have known you know yeah like it, that guy that guy didn't make titus he's just a voice actor mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, i guess you're you're talking about how we're kind of fighting uh two opposing forces here one being damn straight ad copy that's gonna get everything right or uh here's a final fantasy game people love it everywhere oh shit i guess we need a commercial for the united states and throw them like i don't know maybe a grand for the whole budget <laughs> you know right, right it could yeah. just be that and they don't care enough to verify but yeah, I mean, look, big big corporations and companies are, you know, they're not one single mindset. They're they're different people all over the place making different decisions. So I'm sure shit like that slips through the cracks. Um, yeah, it just it sticks like, out like a sore thumb, though. <laughs> yeah, shit happens all the time in games where like different characters will say will say the names of things differently from each other in the same game in the actual game you know what i mean uh yeah. where where and, you'll get like little inconsistencies about what things are called and mm -hmm. stuff yeah and I, I think it's a what i said about how it just going with what sounds best that's a great example of samus um i actually kind of go back and forth between samus and samus but only because i never say the word very commonly because i don't really play metroid like i should mm -hmm. um but when i hear samus it's like oh that's especially with the last name do you say aran or aran uh, i say aaron aaron samus said. aaron interesting yeah no i've never heard that that's 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 choice c for sure i i would mm -hmm. i was always say uh, aran but i mean that's more harsh off the tongue i guess than aran which kind of goes with samus but like i would say samus aran i fuck i don't know <laughs> it sounds best that way yeah. to me so i i i think i started saying aran because it's the less it's the least like i don't know it it, it sounds so ash samus aran you know yeah, like it's, it's got it's got this like drawl to it i feel like that i don't like when you emphasize well, when the you say it like that it. <laughs> yeah that's what it sounds like to me samus aran aran uh so yeah so to me like it just sounded a little bit more like uh elegant i guess to say yeah. aaron because it just kind of goes a little bit quicker 
but, but uh, I guess I don't, don't want to get too much on too much stuck on that because I know I will. Um, but yeah, I I was a pretty much stickler for the graphics. I, I saw the graphics of all the cutscenes. I saw the gameplay itself just being essentially what I wanted from eight, but HD um, and and way but prettier graphics than I expected. But I mean, big budget game, SquareSoft or Square Enix, I guess at this time. Um, not surprising, it- but. It does say Squaresoft on the cover oh, and really? in the startup on 10. Yep, it's the last one. 10-2 Ten says two. Square Enix on the cover. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But yeah, uh, I, I don't know what that means, though, as far as like um, the merger might have happened before it came out, though. I'm not actually sure. Uh, but yeah, so that's interesting. So you played 10 closer to when it came out i played Mm -hmm. 10 like pretty much exactly one year ago oh nice yeah i i Mm. definitely like this is going to be this night's going to be full of you reminding me of of things that i would have never remembered Um, oh sure when i think 10 here's what i think uh pretty gorgeous cutscenes. uh dealing mostly with water kind of like a paradise island nation some dude with uh, uh, a fucking uh, parrot hairdo who's got the best weapon I've ever encountered in Final Fantasy. I don't care what anyone says. A spiked beach ball. <laughs> being it that being that <laughs> as your ranged weapon, I, I I was oh my god, and the satisfying like smack when it hits him. Love, yeah. It. <laughs> but everyone hates Waka, and I I guess I kind of get why if you look at him from a story perspective because I don't know he comes off kind of racist, but. <laughs> yeah but just purely mechanical wise I, I i experienced these things that and then and then honestly probably one of my favorite parts about the game is blitzball and that's not speaking a lot about the game i guess because blitzball is not that great a game in it realistically speaking but man i adored the fuck out of it when i played it for the first time that such that like i I actually want to say I never beat 10, but I came very close, and I know I got way more progress into getting all like the skills and techniques from Blitzball, unlocking Jack Shot, going through special quests to unlock like that sweet-ass animation where he's just doing the flip and there's like sparkles going everywhere for like a special kick, kick of a fucking water soccer ball. I don't know. I guess I got lost in the concept because... Um, the idea that there is a, a sports arena with a giant, I guess, a somehow either like gravitationally locked sphere of water uh, is where you're going to be playing. And the players just all have been training all their lives to be able to do extreme aerobic activity underwater, holding their breath for like 30 minutes at a time. <laughs> it's like superpowers. Yeah. It's, it was cool. It- it um blitzball pretty well encapsulates a, a a lot of the experience of final fantasy 10 which is that like it's so fucking stupid on a surface <laughs> level you know like at surface level and if you if when it gets explained to you and you're lo- you're just like this is the dumbest thing i've ever heard or seen but it's soccer with extra steps they um the they commit to it and pull it off in a way where it just comes off as campy fun mm-hmm. you know it's not taking itself so seriously or missing the mark in such a way where it's just like bothersome you know it's just fun uh and yeah that's so that that 
was what really impressed me about 10. So I started it up kind of expecting to just hate it and for everything to be dumb, you wow, know? Wow, really? But instead, everything was dumb, but in a way that I really liked, Why you know? Why were you expecting it to be dumb? I don't know. I just, because I thought that, look, the series is going to get bad at some point. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. And I didn't know when it's going to get bad, and I assumed, I don't know, this one's on PS2, uh, so maybe it's this one, right? There's going to be voice acting, uh, and that kind of thing. And I, you know, so, that's a fair assumption. Heard... Cause like, I, I think 11 came out after, well, obviously 11 came out after, but like, as a, they tried to do the MMO thing for the first time and I think it really flopped. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I, I mean, I just, I didn't know, you know, I, I, I went into it kind of ready for it to suck i shouldn't say like i i totally expected it to but i was ready for it to you know what i mean yeah um which i kind of just do with everything just because i don't know i don't I, I i've been disappointed enough times now where like even when sekiro was coming out after bloodborne is like one of the best games ever right even sekiro coming out i'm like eh, you know it might suck uh, but then it, but then it turned out not to, but just going in with that mentality though, I think, uh, helps, it, it helps keep your expectations in check, you know? Um, so, yeah. so I get into Final Fantasy X and, and yeah, it's like, uh, it, it's, it's really dumb, but like, it's got this goofy campiness to it where it, it's weird and dumb in a way that like i just think was landing really well we're going into it just being like i'm just gonna laugh at this game uh it worked right like i was laughing at it and having a good time um and uh but but that's like what the start of the story was you know, you got the stupid fucking blitz ball and like Titus is a dork, you know, and, and like signing the kids balls and stuff. And it's playing that fucking during the, the blitz ball scene at the start with that, like, don't you give up on it. You don't remember the fucking metal song that's in the background with like the shitty well, I yeah, you know, with like the harsh vocals and stuff, and I was like, "What the hell is this?" I was still uh, a kid, so, like just fucking enamored with everything going on. <laughs> it was a sensory overload. I couldn't pinpoint anything. Well, yeah, one thing that initially that immediately stood out also is that I think that this one has the most uh, uh, seamless transitions from gameplay to FMV yet. You know, mm -hmm. like the transitions into FMV were just a normal camera cut, you know, like all of a sudden it's FMV. So that looked really good. Um, but yeah, uh, but, 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 FMV? well, yeah, just not live action, but it's FMV. Well, full motion video. Yeah. I guess I just, when I think of FMV, I think of like really shitty, compressed, small resolution enough to have the correct frame rate to be able to render all the colors on screen from like Genesis and like PC Engine and all that stuff. I don't really think of like just a normal like cutscene, I guess. Well, it's, but it's not a normal cutscene, right? Because it's full motion video. It's not it's rendered in the game. Yeah. You're right. You're right. And that's probably why I was so like crazy. Like, how are these graphics so good? <laughs> yeah, totally. Right, right. There is a huge difference in FMV from 
uh, in those generations, right? Like the 16-bit generation or, well, I guess 3DO was 32-bit, right? But anyway, th- like those old ones where it first became a thing with like Night Trap and stuff, those yeah. looked like absolute garbage, Power right? Rangers. And then PS1 looked okay, but it was still pretty blocky, especially in, like, dark scenes and stuff. The compression looked pretty bad. Mm -hmm. But then, yeah, PS2 was like, okay, now we're just watching a DVD, you know, and it it looks really, really good. Uh, But, yeah, so, like, you know, right away what I thought was just that the story and the characters and stuff, it was all just campy, goofy fun that was stupid, but the battle system i did not expect to be maybe the best of the whole series right uh first of all back to turn-based no more atb it's truly turn-based again Mm -hmm. and i fucking love that especially because of like the way that it informs uh like the Moves like delay strike and uh, like that mess with turn order and stuff becomes so much more valuable because you see what they do. Because not so it's turn based, but not like the old ones were turn based where you pick everybody's move at once and then everybody goes in sequence uh, per round. Instead, it's just like every character takes their turn, right? The enemy goes, then when it's your character's turn, you get a menu you pick what they do, they do it, and then it's the next person's turn, right? Mm -hmm. And on the side of the screen, there is a list that is, here is the order in which people will get their turns. This is the turn order. Cool. So, you actually see shit. Like, if I... Here's a move that says that it, like, uh, delays the enemy's turn for a little bit. And when you highlight them with that uh, move changes the turn order on the right side of the screen to show you the exact effect that it's going to have. And I love that. And then the other thing about the the battle system, so it's turn-based, great. The other thing is it's got this tag team system where you've got three people out at a time, but on anyone's turn, when it's their turn, you can choose to switch them with a character that's not in the battle right now. And that doesn't take any time. It flips to them, now it's their turn, right? So if you don't have your white mage out, but you need, like, a white magic spell to happen, boom, on whoever's next turn you get, you can just pop the white mage in, in place of them, and cast a spell right away. Oh, it's so good. Because not only, like, it's so good for so many reasons. (laughs) Firstly, firstly... It's it's it makes the battles feel very versatile where you always have all of your abilities available to you, you know? You're fighting the guy that's weak to this thing, boom, bring that guy in. You here's a guy where maybe we should use magic, bring that guy in. This guy is needs someone who's accurate, bring that guy in, you know? You've always got everyone available. Was that in oh, combat? Oh, it's so good. It, uh say again? It was it's not in combat though. You choose your party like out of combat, right? You choose out of uh, who your, I, I I think the yeah like you you pick who you who will go into combat at first, mm-hmm. but then it's like a tag team, so you can get anyone in the in the battle. I was gonna say I think I remember enjoying that versatility. Yeah, because you've got you've got your three people who are in the battle, and then there's three or four I don't remember. Uh, people out of battle 
and yeah, you can just tag anyone in at any time that you want. Gotcha. Oh, it's so good. Because, yeah, it, it makes the battles really versatile, where the different characters can have wildly different specialties, and you actually get to use them when they're useful without having to have them in your party when they're not useful all the time. You know what I mean? You always get to use everybody. Also, the other thing that that makes really great is that in every other RPG, there's this weird feeling of, like, why am I running around the map as only one person, but then in battle I'm three people, but then in cutscenes all ten people are here? <laughs> What's going on with that? You know what I mean? I guess in I Final Fantasy X, <laughs> the tag team system explains it. Everybody is participating in the battles because you can tag them in at any time. So it feels like your whole group is moving together. And now it's the so whole development good. part, like the whole development team at Square is going, yay, we don't need to make custom cutscenes for every fucking combination of character. <laughs> yeah, it's so, so, so good. So, um, so yeah, I loved the battle system so much and then mm. the other thing i can say is just that it's like okay so all of all of the things are there to set up a really good battle system the way that they actually have to make it happen though is they need to make you use those mechanics right and they do there's shit like if you steal from a robot enemy they instantly die because it's like you're dismantling mm -hmm. them you know so you can pop riku in to steal from robots awesome also makes sense because she's the character that is robot knowledgeable you know oh, or the is. elemental system in the game is really simple where it's like fire and ice are opposed and water and thunder are opposed so they are weak to each other but don't really interact with each other and uh and there's just a lot of enemies that like hey you you want to use magic on these guys uh so it's very easy to pop your black mage in for that or there's a lot of enemies that are very um resistant to damage until you armor break them right and Auron can armor break dudes awesome there's a lot of flying enemies that are kind of hard to hit you know uh and, and but waka is really <laughs> accurate so you pop him in to hit them um so it's the like best they're... When they're just little birds too because those things just you just fucking explode <laughs> oh yeah um so yeah there's just like there there are these really great use cases for every character and they use them a lot you know so you do kind of swap characters in battle all the time and it's just it 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 feels real good um, and then they also use the turn system to do some really cool boss battles. Like there's one boss where uh, you're like on top of the airship and you can call on the pilot of the airship to move away or closer to the boss. So you have to like gauge how long you can be close to the boss until like it starts charging up its big attack and then you have to look at the turn order and be like okay does our pilot move before he moves because if he does then we got to tell him to move us away uh but if he doesn't maybe then we have to use a move that delays the enemy's turn to get it to be to where the pilot gets a turn first and um so yeah like they, they kind of give some cool mechanics uh in the in the fights that the turn based makes cool as well Ooh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, so yeah, I I think when I was playing the earlier Final Fantasies, um, I definitely preferred turn-based over uh, 
I guess what the alternative was. Was that eight Final Fantasy eight that changed that up? With uh sorry, changed what up? Where you had uh where you no longer had true turn based combat? Uh well four was the first oh, one wow, to do okay. ATB. Yeah. Four yeah. through nine all did ATB. I didn't really know any of the technical terms about it just because I was so new to RPGs in general still. I mean, even after beating 7. It was just like when I played 10, I remember the combat feeling a lot like 7 with improvements. So I was like, oh, I'm right on board with this. This feels right. I feel right at home here. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Like I bitched about ATB, uh, especially with like, especially with like 9. Um, but with seven and eight, I think it, it still felt pretty turn-based, uh, pretty normally turn-based, even though it was ATB, just because the battles were like snappy enough in that one where it, it wasn't as big of a deal. And ATB again stands for, uh, I think it's active time battle, active time, but so it's not like, is that a distinct like difference from real time combat, I guess, or uh, I, I think when you say real-time combat, I, I would assume that that means that you have complete control over your character. Yeah. You know? You wouldn't just be stuck uh, yeah, in the, place. Because ATB is kind of unique in that you're, you're still picking all your moves off of a menu. It's just that they're going into a queue that's happening in quote-unquote real-time or yeah. active time, I guess. You know, it's active. It's not real-time, it's active time, meaning uh, keep your shit up. <laughs> Well, look what's yeah, happening. Yeah. And then, because, um, yeah, so Final Fantasies 4 through 9 did that. Chrono Trigger had that system as well. Really? Um, and probably some other stuff, too, yeah. Again, that's another game with, like, it's like, uh, I, I couldn't speak to, and knowing any of how the mechanics work or anything like that, but that, like, Chrono Trigger, just from start to finish, like, nothing felt wrong with it. So I guess mm-hmm. I didn't have a problem with ATB. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't have an issue with it in Chrono Trigger either, because that's another game where just like things move along very quickly mm-hmm. in that one, so it doesn't really become a problem. Uh, but still, though, still, I still would just rather it be like 10, where, hey, it's this guy's turn, so just tell him what to do. No pressure, yeah. right? Yeah, you know, you're not giving everybody free turns if you think about it for a second. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so, so that was 10 for a while for me where it was like the gameplay is the best that it's been in the series, maybe ever, as far as the battle system goes. Like, I'm just loving that about it. Uh, and then the story is just like hilariously stupid and fun. Well, however, it's like laid back too. That's why I kind of dug it. Yeah. Um it didn't seem like there was a a world okay like I know the the story is always that the world is in crisis for Final Fantasy but like in the beginning of the game and all throughout I guess kind of the middle section from what I remember it it felt like a chill let's just adventure kind of thing. Yeah, like the, so the story it's it's one of those games where the main character that you play as sort of isn't really the main character <laughs> as far as the way that the plot is concerned. Yeah, that's uh, true. Cause, cause the thing is that there is Yuna, the high summoner who is going to stop sin. Right. And the game is all about her pilgrimage over to the place to, to go defeat sin, uh, sin being the big monster, bad guy. 
And so you, Titus, are just her, like, guardian. Uh, and there's several other guardians. You're just a group of people protecting her, right? So she's kind of the main character. That's uh, true. Uh, it, as far as, like, the story goes. But, you know, it, it is a lot about Titus, though. And also Yuna. I, if I have a criticism about the game, story-wise, um, as far as things... Well, let me just say... I don't like Yuna as a main character. She's kind of a... She just, like, doesn't have a personality, you know? She's one of those just like, Hmm, yeah, let's all fight together, and as long as you guys are here with me, I'll have confidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's, you know, like, she's like... The I- she's like that. <laughs> the idealized, like, brainless, but, like, completely wholesome lady figure, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh... So it's a good thing you play as Titus and he gets a lot more attention because he is just a, 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 just a fucking dork. He's a piece of work, um, too. Yeah. With his, with, the, with his daddy issues. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, that's where, oh, God, it's just so funny. Yeah, I love All it. of the cutscenes <laughs> and shit, like, like the, the shit that, they, that they're doing in the start where... Um, Man, there's some cutscenes where, like, I swear David Lynch came in to direct them. <laughs> where there's this one cutscene where it's, I can't even describe it. But yeah, so Titus has a lot of father issues where he hates his dad. And every time that he thinks or talks to his dad, he has to, I hate you, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and, and his dad is just like, you're just going to cry. All you ever do is cry. And he's like, mm, I hate you, you know? And it's like, it's so <laughs> fucking dumb. But you're laughing through it, right? However, uh, uh, the gameplay is great. Um, I, I, so, so my biggest, like, issue that I came across in the game early on, though, is the fact that uh, this is the first Final Fantasy to be extremely linear, this is the first one to not have, like, the towns. You know in JRPGs when you're in town mm -hmm. and you talk to people and then you leave town and now you're on the world map where you run around and get into battles and maybe find a new town or dungeon? I specifically right? remember that kind of stuff existing towards the end of the game. It does not have it huh. uh, in 10. 10 is a tube the whole game, <laughs> you are you have a little mini map, and uh, and and most of the places that you're in are just a straight shot. You know, maybe there's a couple side paths to take and then come back or something. Hmm. But you're always in a tube, and you're being told exactly where to go to progress, and you move linearly. And there's no world map. You just go from one place to the next. You know, maybe. like right now you're in this place. And once you get to the end of it, now you're in this place, you know? Um, it makes sense, though. It makes sense because you're not on an adventure of sorts. You're not on, like, a let's just go out in the world and see what we find. No, no, no. You are the guardian of the High Summoner who is on a pilgrimage. She knows where she's going, you know? So it makes sense. But... I, you know, if you're expecting, like, the classic JRPG experience, uh, this is the first one to be the hallway, you know? <laughs> uh, and, and so that, that just came as a bit of a surprise. Um, now, 
later in the game, you do get an airship. You're right that like you get an airship that allows, but but it's not an airship that where you actually fly around the world with it. Instead, it pops up a list of all of the places. <laughs> That you can pick. So basically, here's the tube, and here's all the places along the tube, and uh, we can we can drop you off at any one of them, you know. So warp zone um, for Mario. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, that's later in the game, but right, there's no like open world really. Um, I gotta say, know, man, I don't think I picked up on that the entire time I was playing through it. <laughs> I think I was just like so impressed because like. I never played 8 until long after 10. I played the demo of 8. So I was impressed with the graphics, then got into playing 7, beat 7, didn't play Final Fantasy again until 10. So the jump in graphics for me was huge. And I guess I was just like taken aback by like... The, it, the game was kind of half like a PS2 tech demo, I guess, if you think about it, because there was so much in that game that I, I think that was just designed to be pretty as fuck. And, like, honestly, insanely impressive that it, it can render. Yeah, so I heard Square loves... Uh, Square has always been a company that's, like, cutting-edge graphics mm-hmm. um, on all their shit. And, uh, and yeah, totally. And, you know, it, I think it took me a little while to notice that uh, that... 10 was the way that it was with the exploration um because like because of what i'm saying where it makes sense with the pilgrimage uh and so it kind of makes sense that and the story keeps up with it right where it's like now we're here and we're doing this thing and then we get through and now we're here you know uh but the hallway aspect of it is is a little obnoxious at times where it does just feel like you're just running down the path you know um but, uh, yeah, with the battle system so good and with the environments that you run through being cool uh, and there being, like, little extra things for you to do and stuff, um, I don't, yeah, I don't really think it's all that bad of a thing. Uh, I think they did it really well. Now, the really interesting thing about Ten though, is I've been dunking on, like, the story the whole time saying that, like, it's just silly and dumb. I, there's a turning point, though. Like, halfway into the game, all of a sudden, you're not laughing at the cutscenes as much anymore, and all of a sudden, you're, like, empathizing with the characters, and you you know all the characters, and you like most of them, and, uh, and, like, the cutscenes start to take this more serious, dramatic turn, um, and, like, and, and... Uh, and the themes of the game, like surrounding like death and acceptance of death and moving on and stuff, those themes start to really like become apparent. And like, it's like the whole first half of the game is just silly fun, but it's like secretly setting up all these pieces, you know. Yeah. The, and and before you know it, you don't even realize that like now shit's getting like dramatic and serious, and it's still great, like they managed to really pull off the dramatic stuff later. Hmm. Uh, and I was really impressed by that, too. So it was like, damn, they uh, they did a really good job telling ultimately a serious story, even though they won me over early on with just letting me just relax and, and have fun, uh, silly fun with the story for a while, you yeah. know? 
Did you play this on PS2 or PS4? I played the PS2 version. Okay. Yeah, so we played the same thing. Um, I bought the PS4 version, the remaster. Um, I didn't... <laughs> I bought it because I was like, oh man, Final Fantasy X, that was great. I should actually try and beat that again. So I picked that up, um, and then I... I think I played it for like five minutes and I'm like, oh yeah, this is a JRPG. And then I went and played something else. Um, <laughs> and because only because I just know it's going to be a huge commitment of time. And it's like, for me, that's just like, oh, it's, I dread it. But um, I did hear that I think they had to rebuild like a very significant portion of the entire game, if not done from the ground up. Because I want to say during the, uh, during the development of it, uh, well, not during, but before it, they had realized that the, the source code was just gone. Like, they had gotten rid of the source code for ten. So, like, there are things about the remaster that if you look at them, they're not the same at all. Like, it's not like a, hey, this is how this would look in HD. It's like, hey, Titus's face doesn't look right. He looks like way more of a like a little boy in, in the remaster. Mm. It's very strange. Like Titus definitely had a you know, he still looks like maybe two years removed from Sora from Kingdom Hearts, you know, he's still that babyish, like kind of Japanese teenager boy stereotype. But there's a distinct like sharpness to his face that like in the remaster, it just looks like a little boy, like if he was like 10 years younger. Like actually, in the cutscenes that you see with him and Jacked as a little boy, just put that head on a, on a, on a normal-sized human, and I think that's what he looks like. <laughs> oh, that's, that's weird. That's very interesting. Yeah, I haven't seen it at all. I was thinking about picking up the, the remaster just to play on like Vita, right, while yeah. I'm pooping. I wouldn't uh, that, say that the uh, difference is so noticeable. Like, if you were to compare Spyro the Dragon with its modern, you know, reignited trilogy, that's oh, a that's a much well, that's a much bigger difference. Obviously, with console leap generations, but like I'm saying, that the things you notice, like the color and shapes of things, are are much more drastic than than the remaster of Ten and from from Ten. But um, yeah, I don't know. It was more that I didn't just want to commit the time to play it, but I. You talking about it is making me want to go through it again because I do remember liking the story and I remember liking the characters. I even remember liking Yuna, but that may have just been because um, I was a teenage boy <laughs> and I liked every oh, female sure. character in the game. She does have two different colored eyes, so that buys that her a cool lot too. of points. Yeah, buys her a lot of points. Um, all right, so uh, okay, okay, okay. Before I forget to bring it up, can we talk about the laughing scene? The uh, infamous uh, Final uh. Fantasy X <laughs> laughing scene. Because here's the thing. That was like the one thing I knew about the game going into it. And I was very disappointed by people's interpretation of it. Because here's the deal. Everyone laughs at how cringy and terrible his super fake laugh is, you know? <laughs> oh, it's so dumb. It's so fake and cringy. Guess what? For the record, especially if you don't already know this about Final Fantasy X... That's the fucking point of yeah. that scene. <laughs> it's literally the, the point of the scene is that he is faking it. Uh and 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 that like it's like uh, what the point of the scene is that like, you know, it's about sort of like depression and like the 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 issue of having to like keep up appearances, right? Mm -hmm. Like uh like Yuna in the game really struggles with the 
okay, you know what? There were some really nice things about Yuna. In, I, I've been playing 10-2 recently, and we'll get into that. Yuna is way worse than 10-2, so maybe <laughs> I'm just misremembering 10 a little bit. Because uh, I did really like the stuff with some of the stuff with Yuna in 10, and a lot of it was her struggle with, like, keeping up appearances, where she can't show sadness, and she yeah. can't show weakness to people, because she has to be this beacon of hope for people. Uh, and because of that being part of the theme with the game, uh, and uh, Titus is kind of going through something similar, um, and, and, uh... And he's telling her or she's telling him or one of them is saying that they just have to do this big, stupid, fake laugh that's, yeah. to like that's to get it out her. of their system. Yeah. Um, and yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, and what's way worse. Th th this is the thing about it. So the fake laugh, it's the point of it that it's fake. But but directly after that happens yuna and T okay then yuna starts fake laughing mm -hmm. and it's way worse than titus's <laughs> fake laugh <Yep>. <laughs> and then they look at each other and they have like a little moment and then they start like real, real laughing, laughing. Yeah. and that is so much cringier <laughs> than the fake laugh where it's like oh man people missed the point of this scene so badly because like everything after the fake laugh is so much worse, <laughs> but I don't know. I think maybe the 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 initial Titus fake laugh is the most like recognizable, obvious thing that you would reference to be like, hey, yeah, remember that scene that was really cringy. Um, There's just yeah. a lot. I guess I was just expect from anime and stuff, especially English dubbed anime. There's so much that like doesn't translate that just by definition is objectively cringy because it doesn't fit in with a social situation that's actually going on. Um, it's when I saw it, I don't remember uh, the laughter after it being creepy. But like when you explain the context of it, I was like, I'm glad you brought that up because I that's what I wanted to say too. Is like he is purposely trying to like fucking sound that shit out to make her laugh and then actually laugh. But I don't remember the, the laughs after being all that, that bad. It just, I guess I expect it. I, uh, I don't know. I, I guess to me, it's just, it's just like, I have to rewatch it. it. It's just hilariously bad when you, when you just have like two characters having a little, <laughs> like <laughs> moment with each other. I don't know. I hate it. <laughs> like, like, uh, like any feminine character that ever appeared in a seventies Kung Fu movie. <laughs> Oh God! Right, right, right. Um, like uh, it has to do a lot with pacing, you know. Mm -hmm. Like when you when you give the the giggle too much space before and after it, you know, and draw too much attention to it, then it it gets a little weird. Um, but yeah, okay. So speaking of that kind of thing, though, so then there's like a part of the of the game where the characters are talking about that kind of thing. Like, oh, I'm having this problem and this is how I feel about it, you know? Um, the characters in battle will yell stuff out every once in a while, uh, which I think I've talked about on the cast before as being something that I often just drives me absolutely nuts about games and I totally hate uh, because a lot of the time it's 
repetitive or it doesn't actually express what the player is thinking at the time or all kinds of reasons that I can't stand it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Am I making sense here? Kind of. Uh, anyway, let's... Okay, okay, like, okay uh, in Death Stranding, every fucking time that you get out of the car, Norman Reedus goes to himself... I gotta stretch my legs, you know, <laughs> and it's like it's just something he says while he's getting out, and it's like it's it's it bugs me so bad because ninety percent so of the time, ninety <laughs> percent of the time I'm getting out of the truck in Death Stranding, it's so I can pick up one package and get directly back into the truck. You're not stretching your legs, Norman. You're picking up the package, and we're getting back in the truck. Which makes it extremely unimmersive to me as a player to have the character <laughs> saying something that is directly opposing what I'm thinking at the time with my actions. I'm just Ooh, a, I hate it. How if if you had to be the only other person in that car with that guy all day, how quick would it take for you to just beat his ass? <laughs> <laughs> it would escalate pretty quickly. It's like it's another reason that I've never been able to play a game by what's that company that makes like Bastion and they made Hades. Oh, uh, Devolver Digital. No, they're Hades. a publisher. Oh yeah. Um. Um. I Super Giant Games. I think. Probably, is what I think it called. is Super Giant Games. Yep, that is. Yeah. I cannot play any game that that company makes because they all have this problem, where like. I, oh my god. We're like, okay, so in Hades, if you go over to the entrance to the dungeon, if, uh, I'm leaving one time because I'm like, oh, I forgot this one thing. I'm just going to go upgrade this one stat real quick because I forgot to do it at the mirror and then I'm going back to the, and then I'm going to go to the dungeon. But as I'm leaving, the character says to himself something like, don't really feel like it right now. It's like, no, 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 I do! I want to do the dungeon right now! I just gotta do this one thing real quick! And, uh, like, I get it. It's supposed to be immersive that the character is, like, explaining <laughs> their actions, but it's not correct! It's, yeah, and, I, know, I know fully what you mean now. <laughs> uh, but also, it just bugs me, right? It's just annoying to me. Ooh! So anyway, so anyway, Final Fantasy X... Uh, has voice acting for the first time in Final Fantasy, by the way. That's yes. also a thing. That was another thing um, that just blew me away. Okay, sorry, go ahead. And, the th and so characters will yell things during battle a lot of the time, which, when you say to me, I'm like, uh-oh, that's going to get annoying. <laughs> but it's actually done super well, where, like, it's character-specific and story-specific, where, like... There's a there's a point in time where Titus is talking about like sometimes he just feels like fucking screaming, you know, because he's got these problems and like no one maybe no one takes him seriously or whatever and like uh and 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 he doesn't know how to express it, right? He doesn't know how to express his problems and he just wants to scream, you know. And when that happens, if you enter a battle with Titus and Yuna, because Yuna's the one he is talking about this with, in battle, like, one time, she'll just say, during a random battle, like, you can scream if you want to, you know? Which is, like, kind of stupid and funny for <laughs> yeah. her to say, but it's like, dude! It works with they record. 
they recorded that line and have her say that. And it's like immersive to the story that she says that to him in a random ass battle. And then if you get in like during a battle later, you get into a battle and Titus just screams. He just goes like, <laughs> like at the start of a fight. And you're like, dude, he did the scream. Um, you know, and that's gr- that kind of shit is so good. Or like when Riku first tells you that she's afraid of lightning, then like after that in battle, uh, the next couple times that like an enemy casts lightning in battle, she like screams or she it, like startles her, you know, and you're like, dude, that, yeah. Yeah. So there's like all these little things that just happen once or twice uh, and, and that, you know, if you miss them, you miss them, but they're like unique things that the characters, uh, say during battle. And I, I, I really, really like that. Um, I think it's like, there's definitely a lot more, uh, dialogue that goes on. that's just text, right? Kind of like how there used to be dialogue, you know, mid game in like final fantasy seven. Yeah, yeah. Like when you when you go into like a place where there's a lot of people, like the towns or the cities and stuff, and you and you uh, chat with the townsfolk, they're not all voice yeah. acted. It's mostly just oh the cuts no, I meant like in in combat when you have like actual conversation between characters going on. Isn't that or is that all voiced? That's all voice. Yeah, they don't oh, even do text boxes. I don't think it's just shit the characters yell out for some reason. Full disclosure, I. <laughs> God damn it. I actually think it's been about 20 years since I played this game. It's been two yeah. decades. Jesus Christ. Because it came out in like 2001, right? Uh, Good question. I don't know. Pretty, uh, exa- I mean, it was, exactly what year. I think it was pretty uh, early on. I think on. it was later than that, though. I think it was pretty early on with the PS2. Hmm. Uh, I'm asking the Dr. Google right now. Yeah, July 19th, 2001. Oh, wow. Yep. That was original release date, so that might or initial release date. So that could be the Japan release date, but I don't think it. I think after like a certain point, uh, they were just like, no, we're just going to release it like pretty much side by side in Japan and the United States, all world markets. I don't know if that was with Final Fantasy X, but yeah, I, 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 I think damn I did hear <laughs> that the U.S. version has more content. It's got like a couple super bosses or something that the yeah. Japanese one didn't have. Although, um, I guess we can get the uh, ahead of Twitter <laughs> tweet ready, get it winded up because it's not technically twenty years old yet. It's July nineteenth, two thousand one, and it is of this recording only the seventh. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. So we're coming up on the twenty-year anniversary. Great time to be talking about it, I guess. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, I, I mean, to, to, like, wrap up what I have to say about the game is that, like, man, I just loved the way that the story introduces itself as being just campy, silly fun, but then really elegantly transitions into something dramatic and serious and interesting uh, while still being able to make you laugh uh, later in the game. And then the whole time, it's got probably the best battle system that uh, that any Final Fantasy has had yet. The sphere and... system. The sphere grid for upgrading your character. That threw me for a loop. Um, it, yeah. It I'm glad be you brought simple, that up now. But it's, it's not simple. Or at least it wasn't to me 20 years ago. Um, I, I was used to materia. So I was used to weapons having a certain amount of slots 
and then uh, you know you you put the shit in there, you mix and match, you get different effects, and you level it up when you have it in the slot that you use it in, and you you win battles. Um, that's what I was used to. So going straight into the sphere grid, not having done what I think it was trying to emulate with eight, if I remember correctly, um, I didn't get a whole lot of experience on that. So I think my character builds were pretty lopsided, if I remember. Oh. Yeah, I think it's kind of hard to screw it up. Uh, but, okay, so yeah, if you don't know, Final Fantasy Ten does something very strange with its leveling, uh, which is that there is something called the Sphere Grid, which is that your character... It's kind of like if you imagine the skill tree from, like, Path to Exile, uh, it's like... It's this giant web of nodes uh but most of them are pretty linear it's not like a web as in you can jump around a lot it's pretty linear with the pathing of them there's just branches here and there um but it's like a brand it's just like a whole trail and web of nodes each of which has either an ability or a stat upgrade on it and so um as a care and, and uh and as a character levels up well it's not as they level up instead of gaining levels from from experience what you get are movements on the sphere grid uh so like every so many experience points you get one movement on it so then you can open up that character on the sphere grid and move their position over to the next node that like unlocks you know strength plus four or a new uh or a new ability or something and um what's extra weird about it though is that then you also need to use a sphere to unlock that ability or stat bonus so you get experience points that let you move on the grid, but that doesn't actually do anything yet. You also get spheres as items from battle that you are able to use to unlock the abilities or stats that are on spheres that are adjacent to where you are on the grid. That's the shit. That's what it was. I was like, yeah. how is this putting itself together? do I have any input to it? Like I, I didn't understand what was going on. Like when my shit would shift and I was like, what's I, it didn't make sense. The linear path at the, at the start made sense. And then I just lost the plot like halfway through and just started upgrading what felt like it made sense. Cause I used it a lot in battle. Yeah. Yeah. So the nice thing about the, like use a sphere to get the adjacent nodes kind of thing is that like sometimes you'll get to a spot where uh, there's a there's a branch in the path, and technically you can go to the spot that branches out, and you can get the abilities on each next step of each branch, you know, and then go down the one branch that you actually want to go to. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of nice. But overall, though, I think that the idea that you have to use a sphere in order to unlock the things that you're moving to, I think adds an unnecessary layer of complication. Uh, but it's fine. Um, there, There's a couple spots where it makes a little bit of sense as to why they did that. Uh, because there's certain nodes that are like locked by items that are rarer, you know? And so they don't want you to just be able to get it as you pass by. You're supposed to come back to it later, that kind of thing. 
Now, here's the big kicker about the sphere grid is that every character is on the same sphere grid, just in different parts of it. Oh, so I yeah. say that there's... So different nodes are stat upgrades, like this one's strength plus four, this one's agility plus two. Some of them are abilities. This one's Kiraga. This one's Delay Strike, I keep talking about. Um, you know, And so what you end up with is like, this area of the sphere grid up here is White Mage. And that's where Yuna is, starts out, right? And then this spot right here is Titus's class and his abilities, and that's where he starts. And then down here is the Black Mage, and that's where Lulu is, you know? But once you traverse your character through their area of the Sphere Grid so they unlock all of their abilities, you can move them into another area and start getting abilities from that class, essentially. Uh, oh. And so, theoretically... Theoretically, you could unlock every ability with every character, you know. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think what what is going to happen for most people is you get every character's main abilities unlocked because they started out in their own area, and then each character kind of branches out into one other class and gets a few abilities from it. Um, but yeah, there's some really cool stuff in there, like uh, where. Um, where I, I, you know, I got like uh, uh, time magic. Like Titus gets some time magic, I think, by default, or maybe it's someone. I think it's him. Where you, uh, you just you know, use him to like have faster strikes and such. Uh, like cast haste on the party, yeah. you know, so that then they get oh. their turns more frequently and stuff. Um, yeah, by uh, but so I, uh, well, by default, I mean like it's in his area of the sphere grid. Oh, that's weird. Um. I think that was how it was. Either that or it was in Yuna's. Point is, I moved the other one like over there, you know, and, and it was able to get time magic with multiple characters and that kind of thing. And there's a couple gimmicks uh, as well. Um, yeah, it, overall, it's a system that's like kind of complicated, but I kind of like it as well. I don't know. Mm. W without, um, without spoiling it, how did you feel about the ending? Uh, so, first of all, I thought that the last boss was, like, the best boss of any Final Fantasy game I've played. Wow. Like, holy shit, the last boss was fun. Cool. And then, uh, uh, the ending, uh, well, I, I don't know, I liked it. Uh, I, I think it, uh, it's one of those endings where, like, it kind of did what I was expecting it to do. And I'm glad it did, though, because it was satisfying and good. You know, oh, I liked it. And so, then the the very last shot of the game, I think it might have even been post-credits, for some reason is hilarious. Uh, so that's great, too. I don't know why. The game is directed in a very bizarre way. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. It's good. So yeah, uh, right. So that's kind of my whole sum up. Is I, I mentioned that like the story does that whole thing where I, it it moves in a way that's really good. The battle system is phenomenal the entire time. Um, yeah, my only thing about it is that like maybe the exploration could have been a little bit more open, but at the same time, I get why it wasn't, and it was fine. You know. Yeah. So o overall, it was one of my favorite Final Fantasies. Uh, I think, um, we, you know, we, we kind of talked about like which ones were our favorites last time, I think. And I think I mentioned that like three, five and seven are like my top tier, you know? 
Uh, I think that 10 ends up landing under 3, 5, and 7 as the top tier, you know? Really? Um, but I think it's it's there, though. It's 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 either top tier or it just gets a tier of its own <laughs> in there you know uh that that's like between the middle and the top tier but no 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 i think yeah I, I i think it's one of the top tier ones yeah i think i really dug it too um it was definitely good enough for me to get towards the end and i honestly want to say the reason i didn't finish it was because i didn't technically own it and i was I think I was borrowing my friend's copy at the time, and I think he just wanted it back for to replay it. So I was like, "Oh shit! Well, here you go." Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, it it didn't bother me too much because I think there was a lot late game that was just like pissing me off. <laughs> so in order to keep my sanity, I was just taking breaks from it. Oh um, sure. But I guess I guess here's where we could talk about ten two. So I have no context of ten two. So, yeah, I just started 10-2 uh, like a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, mm. and uh, oh, it is, um, <laughs> it's it's tough. It's a tough thing to look at. To look uh, at? Uh, or, or to talk about. It, like, it has, it has beams of brilliance. Uh, here and there, but overall is just a nightmarish train wreck. <laughs> like, okay, so in Final Fantasy X-2, you play as Yuna and Riku from the from Ten, and a new character named Pain. Oh, uh, that's right. It's not even Lulu. Yeah, yeah. Damn. <laughs> um. So you play as those three. And they are uh, basically the Spice Girls, and the game is basically Spice World. Um, and like the the first, oh, the first bit of the game, the first few like chapters of it are um, like they front load the cringe on <laughs> so so hard Perfect. that like it was it was like un unwatchable unbearable at the start of it where just like the way that uh so you are these three characters and they're really heavy like like girl power kind of types but that's not like even but (laughs) then you get into like your ship that you're driving around in and um your main like guy that's in the ship uh the charlie of the charlie's angels is like this oh man i don't even know how to describe him he's just super annoying i i don't know how to describe this shit uh there's also a child on the ship okay let's uh, where do i fucking start okay (laughs) so yuna is a sphere hunter now so the three of them, Yuna, Riku, and Pain, are sphere hunters, which is kind of like bounty hunters, but they're looking for spheres. Materia. Um, well, the reason that they're looking for spheres is because one time Yuna found a movie sphere. Okay. Yeah. 
a movie sphere like a that Jedi had a Sith holocron. I don't know. It's like a fucking VHS tape, I guess. Except oh, it's a sphere for no reason. Uh, uh, and they look like VHS tapes too. I don't know oh. why. In like the technological wonderland of your flying ship and your sci-fi shit where <laughs> your movies are stored on crystal balls that when you put it in, it looks like a fucking VHS tape that someone touched the film on and your tracking on your VCR is fucked up. You know what this is? Well, hang on, real quick. This is, uh, this is society intent, <laughs> intent on injecting... Uh, current relevance into fantasy worlds like this like this is it thinks you're a fucking idiot and goes hey this is what they're about to look at and it looks like this when you look at video <laughs> yeah so here's it, what's happening. right it it's like all of the all of the film grain and tracking effects are applied just so you know it's a recording mm -hmm. uh but yeah so so she finds a movie sphere that has someone who looks like it might be Titus on it. So she's like, oh, who is, what is the deal with that? And so now we're going to be sphere hunters to go find more. Um, and so it's like the whole thing is like, we heard that there's a sphere up on the top of the mountain. Let's go, girls. Uh, and, and um, you know, and then... Uh, so like you fly your big dumb like hot rod ship over there and you have to understand that for no reason in all of the cutscenes the the dialogue is just fucking terrible where they have completely ruined the character of Riku. She was like oh. one of the best characters in 10, but in this one she's just like the bumbling idiot while pain is like the no nonsense and yuna is the i have no personality uh Man, so i gotta tell you real how how disappointed i was in knowing that that wasn't just lulu with a haircut like that was my favorite character from final fantasy 10 both because i like black mages and because i was a teenage boy um oh yeah like, well, the thing with Lulu, you are exactly right. That, like, she straight at the end of battles, she straight up just leans over and squishes her boobs together. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Some, yeah. Like, so, <laughs> uh, so, so, oh, man. So, in all of these cutscenes, the camera is, like, moving around an unnecessary amount. And the dialogue is, like, extra bad for some reason. I wish I could think of examples. Um, but uh, a, a lot of the time, it, it's just like Yuna is saying, Ah, I think that we're gonna go do this thing. Um, and then, like, and then, like, some minor inconvenience or potential issue uh, it, it uh, happens, right? And Rico will be like, oh, poopy whoopy and stuff. And it's God. like, are you fucking like, <laughs> literally, this is the writing where they'll say Fuck. things like that. Right. Um, and, and it, so you're just like, oh my God. It also God. might just be like, uh, there is a very big disconnect in like the the cute young girl i guess aesthetic between japan and and like generally the west so like perhaps translating that to english just has to be the worst job ever 
you're you're right. This could have just been localization gone terribly wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, ve- that's a very good point. Because, uh, yeah, it's, like, unbearable at times due to, like, the writing like that. And also, all of the characters are always, like, in this weird, like, dancing maneuver <laughs> that they're doing while they're talking. And the cutscenes are really cheap. Where, like, they're not using, like proper lip syncing and stuff but rather the characters faces are like ps1 faces where they're just static but then it'll just like load in another emotion for them and and you know they just have like very stunted movements during the cutscenes where they just like they don't walk to a place they don't have a smooth character (laughs) animation they just like run over to a place in their running animation and then stop and then pivot and then say and then resume their little dance animation while they say the next thing they're like rts characters essentially yeah it's like the cheapest shit with the worst writing and all of the dialogue is also made worse by the fact that it's very stunted in its in its pacing because it's not like a directed cutscene. It's like the programmer directed the cutscene yeah. as far as like once the voice line ends, wait one second for no reason and then programmed the ca- the 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 camera angle shot with loading in the new voice line. You know what I mean? Like it it, it all feels very cold and programmed like instead it's one of one step away from like how cartoon characters won't animate themselves walking. They'll just like make a little vibration noise and you hear <laughs> like yeah yeah, yeah. to, to where it doesn't feel like someone directed a cutscene. you know it feels like it it should be text boxes coming up on screen mm. for you to read yourself and thumb through without any animation without any cut you know if it, it like some of the dialogue would not be so bad if it was a 16 or 8 bit game yeah. and you were just reading text boxes and there was no there was no voice acting no dumb camera no stunted character movement and weird dancing and shit um you know and if you were just reading the dialogue you'd excuse me you'd be like oh this game is kind of silly but it's not unbearable you know but like everything else about it makes it so bad Okay, okay, but let's get into how the game is structured. So the game is mission-based also. So you are in the same world as Final Fantasy X, the same tube, and you have a, and you have a uh, airship from the start. From the very start of the game, you just pick where you want to go on the long tube of the world of Final Fantasy X, uh... And you just have to go to different places in order to do different missions, right? You highlight the different missions on a menu, or the different areas on a menu, and it'll be like, hey, there's a thing to do here. So you go there, and it it pops up, oh, mission started, do this thing, you know? Uh, And then you do the mission, and then you're done. Uh, And it's like, mission complete, right? Here's your reward. Mission-based, in the different places. Because you're bounty hunters, you gotta find the sphere, right? And that kind of thing. What are the uh, spheres made out of? They what? look like crystal balls. But like, you know? it, it, is know. it materia though? Is it essentially no. all it is? Or? 
No, they do different things, but none of them are materia, you know? Like, uh, not in, like, name or... or so function, there's guess, movie concept. spheres. There's also treasure spheres that you're mm -hmm. trying to get, and so I guess those are just worth money. Uh, there was one that was called an awesome sphere. Not joking. They're like, you need to get the awesome sphere. And the characters are like, what's that? I bet it's awesome. You know, and it's again, <laughs> again, it's like if this was 16 bit and these were the text boxes, I'd be like, okay, that's goofy. But the way that out. it's, <laughs> yes, yes. The way that it's acted out makes it so bad. Um, so it's mission based. And a lot of the missions have these gimmicky ass uh, uh, mini games that are also kind of terrible where like um oh god there was this one part where we had to like do like a hunting game where we were in you know the beach area that's at the start of final fantasy 10 where you first meet waka yeah and there's like some ruins Besaid. and it goes up to besaid village yeah. yep so that whole run from the beach to the town became like a mini game where it's like, all right, you gotta, you gotta, um, you gotta run to the beach and shoot as many beasts as you can. And you got to get this score in order to beat the mission. So for some reason, it's an action game now, but like <laughs> the controls were so, so terrible. And it's just like the cheapest shit where you're running along and the enemies are just spawning from the end and running at you and you have to like hit a button to target the nearest one and then a button to shoot at them because you have guns so you shoot at them with your limited ammo but the game doesn't tell you that after you shoot six times your character cannot shoot for the next several seconds are they reloading i don't know <laughs> you don't have a revolver your gun definitely doesn't look like a revolver energy cooldown uh, that's what the side and does. the character's not making a reload animation or anything uh, that would tell you no instead the button just doesn't fucking work for a few seconds it's very <laughs> frustrating and there's just a lot of things where it's like where it's like for some reason the buttons just don't do things every once in a while uh meaning that like this this mini game that's already just kind of stupid and cheaply made is adds this whole new level of frustration on top of it where it's got these like dumb mechanics that uh or that that are like they just they feel like problems instead of mechanics yeah uh, partly because of how they're how they're presented to the player but the final and so fantasy it's like, version yeah. of uh the the fight the 512 rule which I didn't even know about till today, but apparently it's like, uh, shout out to Theory Fighter for this cool video. But the 512 rule was essentially in Street Fighter 2, World Warrior, like the very first Street Fighter 2, one out of every 512 of your attacks will, like, if it's just a punch, it will be reuse Hadouken attack. And then, co like, conversely, one out of every 512, um, I want to say blocks or no, no, no. One out of every 512 hits that you take will be automatically blocked without you having to input the block. And it's mm. purely just because 
back in those days, there was not like, you know, a lot of information to get around about here's how you do special moves. Like it was all word of mouth and magazines and shit. Um, I guess that was like their, their idea of a balancing factor, but you know, you're, you're, this example seems a little bit more unintentional where it's just like, dear God, the, 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 the dev team had to create cutscenes out of manipulating camera angles, I guess that sort of thing. Yeah. So let's get into a positive though. Sure. So then it's time for battles and it's time to fight in the game, right? There's random battles as you run around and you fight shit. Now, they brought back ATB, right? Mm. So this bugs me a little bit, uh, but we'll, we'll get into it. First of all, though, the battle system is overall by far the best thing that this game has going for it, and it redeems a lot of... It, it gets you through a lot of shit. Uh, because, yeah, it is fun to fight shit in the battles they're also using guns now right so they brought back jobs Mm. Mm. where so in this game they're called dress spheres yeah uh so they're also spheres um for some reason there's dress spheres and uh but you know what i'm into one thing that i'm really into with like the job system of uh of the good final fantasies or the the job system final fantasies is that they have different costumes and they look great. The different jobs look great, you know? Same here. They're dress spheres. You are promised great outfits with your three w- with your with your different uh with your different classes. And also each of the three different characters looks different, you know, so they all kind of get their own unique version of it. So like uh, Bing Bang Boom Sailor Moon costume intro, you're a sniper now? Uh, yeah, it it's looks cool. great, <laughs> and 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 you can swap uh, just like in Final Fantasy X, how you can like tag team different members in. In this game, you have the same three members the whole time, but you can swap what dress sphere you're in. Uh, so yeah, you can swap over to uh, white mage, black mage, gunner in um, combat. You know, warrior mid combat, nice. uh, and so yeah, it, it, it so it'll switch over to like a uh, a transition screen where you know you it, it swipes down the character one dress to the next, you know, and <laughs> they have a big intro to their new class, you know, and it it looks it looks good. Takes a long time, but it looks good, uh, and so it's pretty fun to um, play a regular RPG battle system. With ATB, uh, where you can change classes on the fly, and each character... They brought back regular level-ups, by the way, so now you get experience points, you level up, your stats go up. Uh, But now you also get ability points mid-battle that unlock new abilities, right? So, as a white mage, you have a list of your abilities, and it'll be like, I have Kira and Kira, and I've got Shell, right? But then, unlearned... Uh, up on top, I've got Kiraga, you know, the next version of that, and then I've got Protect, right? Because I have Shell, and if I and, and I pick which one of those I want to learn next, uh, and and whichever one you learn, you know, then the next one of that like category unlocks also for you to learn. Uh, so you learn the di- you you ch- you get AP to learn new abilities for each of the classes, um, and you get the AP just by being that class in battle. Uh, it's pretty cool. 
Um, there's one more little thing to it, which it, is that, that like that carries each... from battle to battle, right? You you level up as you go, or does it like happen like a weird roguelike in every episode where every dress has a new path that you take down the combat? Well, so every dress has its own list of abilities that mm-hmm. you unlock, but yeah. the unlocks are permanent. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so then also to make things a little bit more complicated, uh, each character has, well, not each character, but there's also garment grids, which <laughs> is like a garment grid. It's like a tiny sphere grid, you know, where there, where there's just like five nodes on it that are, li- that are connected. Right. And you fill those nodes in with dress spheres. So you might have eight dress spheres, but this garment grid only has five spots on it. So you have to pick only five of them, and then a character equips a garment grid, and each character can equip a different garment grid, right? So not every character necessarily has access to every single dress sphere. You've got to pick and choose a little bit. Now there's a little bit more complication to it, which is that when you're in battle and you want to switch dress spheres, you can only switch to connected nodes on the garment grid. You hit the button to bring up the garment grid and you move on it in order to change classes. So you have to be kind of careful with how you lay them out so that, you know, you you can't go directly from this one to that one. You got to go over to it in steps. Uh. Now, that can be a benefit, though, because some of the bars that connect the dress spheres together have special perks on them, like a stat upgrade that is just for that battle, where if I switch from this class to that class, I pass through the strength up node, and then now my strength is also increased. Uh, So it's got that kind of shit going on. I think it's a little overcomplicated. It little sounds like it, but yeah. But it's kind of fun, you know. Um, you know, if it were a little simpler, I might like it a little bit more uh because I sort of feel like it's a little overcomplicated to the point where I I use the class switching a lot less than I think I should. I generally just kind of have a white mage and two physical attackers and I just kind of hold X and let the white mage heal the party hmm. and the and the attackers attack and and you know I I I try to avoid switching dresses just because it's kind of a pain time for a couple of reasons. Yeah. Yeah, it's time consuming and all right, so let's talk about ATB for a second. This is the game where ATB has bothered me the most. Maybe? No, not as much as 9. But still, it bugs me a lot, the ATB in this game. Almost for the opposite reason, which is that in this game, things kind of go a little bit too fast. Hmm. Characters take their turns almost simultaneously in this game. And... uh so it's like ATB, but shit's just happening all the time to the point where I I cannot watch the effect that my spells have without losing turns. Like, here's what I mean. So I'm going to try to blind an enemy, right? And so I use a move that blinds them. However, when that move actually is happening, I'm in a menu for another character picking their attack. So I don't see how much damage it does, and I don't see that the enemy's immune to it. 
Damn. you know, or that kind of thing. And I'm having this problem a lot where like, I never really seeing how effective my shit is because I'm too busy menuing the next character's move while it goes off. And you can go in ATB wait, you know, you can do the ATB wait just like always. And just like always, that only means that it puts the, that it freezes the bars if you're in a sub menu, which is like, okay, but not really good enough, especially, especially, and this ties right back in with why I don't switch classes very often, for some fucking reason when you open up the garment grid to switch dress spheres that does not pause the atb every other like sub menu like opening up your magic opening up your, uh, up your skills or your items or targeting your attack that puts the atb into wait mode where you can sit there in that menu and think about it but when you open up the garment grid to switch classes it doesn't so if you have to think about for a second what class you want to switch to, you're just getting wailed on while you do that. And, <laughs> and the garment grids are not like a traditional menu. They're a fucking sphere grid. So it's a little awkward to, to navigate, navigate the, the menu. Yes, ah. because you have to move around in weird directions. So you got to be really careful in that menu, but you're under this time pressure because yep. the enemies are getting free turns while you're in there. Drives me fucking insane so it's that actively, that is a thing. It's actively deterring you from using what its best feature sounds like. I think so. That's been that's been my uh, experience with it. Yeah. Um so yeah, you know, you get a little bit used to it though, you know, like at some point you know your characters well enough to and you know the enemy is well enough to where you can think a couple turns ahead and you already know where your menu spots are of where you want to go and so you can make little quick glances up up at the action to see you know how much damage you did and that kind of stuff i just really wish it was still turn-based like 10 though yeah it sounds like uh, i could use it I, I was gonna say um is there anything like again without spoiling it because i haven't technically beaten 10 yet but is there anything story-wise that like fans of 10 that you would just go up to him and immediately say oh yeah well you got to finish it with 10 too like is there anything going on that is that like it starts on the premise that you saw a sphere that had titus maybe in it yeah so so far man it's hard to answer the question without spoiling mm -hmm. um i don't i think this is good enough though all i will say i think is that if you really liked the story of 10, I think so far from what I've seen of 10 2, it kind of betrays the themes of Final Fantasy 10 and sort of only goes in a direction that kind of makes you angry. <laughs> like right. what like yeah. Um so I'm I'm struggling with it because I hate the cutscenes. And I hate the story. The battle system is mostly awesome, but kind of annoying. Uh, Are you in, an anime in some fan ways. at all? Yeah. Okay. Uh, when you watch anime, 
Do you prefer or have you tried listening to the Japanese voiceover with English subtitles? That's generally I that's what I do, yeah. Okay. So is there an option in 10 to switch it to Japanese voice acting? Not that I've seen. Fuck. No. I would I would look for that immediately if the dialogue Maybe. is kind of ugh. Maybe on the uh, on the on the um, remaster. Maybe. Oh, yeah. I, well, I definitely look into that. The thing is, if they lost the source code, did they lose? Did they lose all the original voice acting as well? Did they have to re-record scenes? Oh, I doubt it. Hmm. That could be a uh, that could be a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure, but uh, yeah. So. Um, yeah, my thing with anime is that I really like anime in general and like sort of just the the whole uh a lot of the stuff surrounding it, but I never really sit down and actually watch an anime. Oh, me either. Like, yeah. <laughs> I can't. It's like I never actually watch one. Um but I like it, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh so and, and and you you do bring up a really good point because there there are definitely <clears throat> games that uh, benefit greatly from being in Japanese. Shenmue. Remember I was talking about characters talking too much in-game and in-battle and stuff? Uh, oh, huge... th- in 10? Oh, uh, well, well, just in general in games. Because oh. I didn't mind it in 10. Okay. But there are games, though, like... Uh, like uh, uh, what's that one? <laughs> Fucking stretch your legs. Well, <laughs> there's games like Persona 5. Mm. Uh, where there are a lot of repeated dialogue things that happen because, um, because like the the navigator will say a specific thing if you exploit a weakness, right? Uh, and so you're just gonna hear it over and over again, um, and that kind of thing. But in games like that, I'll I'll play games like that in Japanese specifically because if they're saying something in Japanese then I don't mind as much. Bravely Default 2 was one of them. Mm. That was a game that oh my god, I I think I mentioned this when I was talking about Bravely Default 2 where like when you would use four turns in a row when you would go all brave, you know, and and use your four turns in a row and like cast a magic spell against an enemy's weakness four times in a row, the character would just yell out a quip four times in a row (laughs) at them, several of them repeated, and it drove me so nuts. Uh, But if you change it to Japanese, it doesn't bug me anymore because like... Even if it's repeated, I don't know what it means, and so it doesn't bug me anymore, you know? Because part of it is not just the fact that I'm hearing the same syllables, it's that I find it irritating that the character would shout the same sentiment over and over, you know what I mean? Like, it makes them sound stupid, that they would just keep saying, all right in the soft bits, all right in the soft bits. It's like, really, that's that's what you say? You know, but what, if yeah, if it's in Japanese, I don't know what they're saying, you know? They might be saying something cool. So, uh, so yeah. I want to know anyway. what the direct translation is to, to Japanese. <laughs> like, right in the soft bits. What what does that actually got to mean in Japanese? <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so, oh, where was I? So, with Tentu... Uh, it's, it's like the, the battle system is fucking dragging me through the game. You know, the fact that the battle system is fun and some of the side quests are kind of fun. 
Uh, like, you know how every Final Fantasy since Triple Triad has to have its own little mini game? What's you know? Triple Triad? It was the card game in Final Fantasy VIII that you oh, could play. I didn't. Yeah, I never got that far. So nine also had a card game. Ten had a little uh, mini game. Um, and and so ten, I don't remember ten's mini game. Oh well, it had Blitzball. Yeah, I was gonna say was it, it had just Blitzball. was it just Blitzball? I don't think there was anything else. Okay. Yeah, maybe 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 it was just Blitzball. I played only enough Blitzball as was required, but I won the game. I won the game for my bro, and I was like, all right, that's it. Mm-hmm. I retire undefeated from Blitzball. When people ask me if I won the Blitzball, I can say yes. Wait, against Flex? Mm, what do you mean? Flex Retro? I th- did you, are you saying you played Blitzball with him, against him? No, I mean, oh, when I say my bro, I mean Waka. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I won the game for the team. Uh, for any reason, but, Squaresoft, or Square Enix, rather, of course, if you're listening, I still want that Blitzball standalone game. I, I want it so <laughs> bad. I want it with, like, PS5 graphics, uh, a real 3D sense of movement, because it's just 3D soccer, you know? That's really all it mm-hmm. is. It's 3D soccer with humans, superhumans that can hold their breath and do crazy activity in essentially a big ball of jello. I mean, it's water, but you know, it yeah, it's unnecessarily the number crunching was fun. <laughs> the number like crunching? You, it was a yeah, like it's an interesting numbers game when you're playing it and stuff. Um, but yeah, oh my god, the fact that they're swimming around in a sphere of water holding their breath, it's so stupid. It's so stupid, uh, <laughs> but it looks badass, though. And it's cool uh, that, that, that like they developed the, like, the science and engineering to make that kind of happen. Like, I guess you kind of have to look at it from the perspective of these are... No, because then it doesn't make sense even still. I was going to say, these are like island nations, and their their sports, I guess, that they develop is something that would be pretty aquatic. But why wouldn't you just play like volleyball or some shit? <laughs> why does it have to be underwater? Yeah. It still doesn't make any sense. But it's still fucking cool, so I, I, it never bothered me. I, I, I right. love it. It's, it's stupid cool. Yeah. Uh. So, yeah, so overall, right now, for 10-2, the game is fucking dragging me through it with its couple little things that are fun. Like the battle system, as well as, I thought that the mini-game, like a couple of the missions mini-games have been fun. Like one of them was this game's mini-game, which was, I, I can't remember the name of it, but it was like a math game where um, there's, like, a number in the middle, and you have a bunch of numbers around it, and you have to, like, use as many of the numbers around it as possible to make a multiple of the number that's in the middle without hitting one along the way, you know what I mean? So, like, if the number in the middle is six, and I pick two threes, instantly I'm done, right? Because I hit six. Uh, But if I hit, like, three and then and then two, and then three, now I'm at, you know, something else. Two points. Uh, Now I'm at eight, which isn't a multiple, right? And then I want to avoid, you know, avoid four for the next one because that would be 12. So instead, now I would, you know, hit like a two and then a... This is strange. 
<laughs> like yeah, you, you like use as many as possible and before hitting the next. Oh, multiple. I mean, I meant like the the idea that this is a mini game is strange. Like I, I, I yeah. get the concept. It's just well, what? yeah, it doesn't make any fucking sense in context because they uh, present it like like a card game that you play against another person. Yeah, they they present it like it's a competitive game that you have to beat people at but then when you do it it's just like it's just a single player little solitaire game that you play yourself and try to get a certain score on it doesn't make any sense yeah. uh but but i thought the game was kind of fun you know and and so when that was a thing and then like i fought a couple bosses that were fun to fight there was a little while where i was like starting to be like okay okay maybe they just front loaded all the cringe and now the game is going to be kind of okay you know for a little while um but then after <laughs> that it's sort of been getting worse again and man like the thing that i've noticed specifically about the cutscenes is that it's like every single time that you beat a mission and it goes back to the ship and we're back in the ship right it's like everybody's all like melancholy and somber about something like uh, I'm not sure where to go next. There's so many possibilities and it seems like it'll be forever before we find our goal or something, right? They're saying something like, um, like they're being all sad and melancholic, but then, but then it'll just like, out of nowhere, the music just kicks in. <laughs> and like the camera starts like moving and all the characters start dancing and they're being silly and they're just like well you know if you just hang loose it's not so bad maybe we'll just go here next and i'm sure everything will be fine oh, right God. and it's like it, it's just like this fucking on a dime and it's every time Whoa. it's like a it's comical this is a the fever way that dream it's every time that this is the cutscene that happens to lead you into the next, to lead you into the next like thing. I don't know to try to pace you into the next mission. It almost seems like oh, this is like supposed God. to be the weird cart. Uh, you know how like in older animes, uh, the end credits will have this weird. Uh, note to the audience by one of the actual characters like voice actors but in character to the audience like wow i didn't expect that was going to happen today tune in next time to see what happens next like something like that like except yeah. it would be actually pretty relevant to what's going on so it's like it's it makes me wonder if that kind of shit is what's getting injected into this like maybe they're trying to make this a cartoony kind of afterish thing of a yeah. serious game that is a weird analogy, but it totally reminds me of that. Of like you're watching like Dragon Ball Z, yeah, right? Especially. And a character dies, you know? <laughs> and then, but then like, then, then like the next time on kicks in and Goku is just like, ah, whoa, gang, I didn't expect that to happen. Whoa, yeah. you know? Ah, join us next time and see where this crazy thing goes. Jesus. You're right. It's like exactly like that. Oh man! I, I feel oh, like that's God. actually pretty common with a lot of Japanese games, though. Um, well, not even just games, but shows and shit. Like maybe, maybe it's just a weird at-home culture shock that we're going through. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, it's been very hard to to play 
Uh, I am currently 49% in. Uh, nice. I really wanted to hit 50% so that I could know that it's all downhill, but now nah, I got I got a few more steps to take. <laughs> uh, and I'm just ho I'm just hoping that it's like man, I'm going to we're going to beat the game at like 75, right? Like hopefully, you know, I missed a bunch of shit and I'm further along than actual 50% because I really want to play Nocturne. That's the game I'm playing afterward. Oh, yeah. And uh this one has just been so hard to get through. But, like, the battle system's cool, and the dress spheres are cool, and I like learning abilities of different classes with characters, and that part of it is fun. And there's also this other thing that I haven't done yet, but apparently, if you fill in the entire garment grid in a single battle with a character, like you flip between all of their different uh, uh, yeah. dress spheres they turn into their character-specific special dress sphere. Uh -huh. I haven't played with that yet, but it sounds pretty awesome. Uh, so, so what does that mean? Like, is, like, is it like their ultimate perfect form or something? I guess, yeah. It's, you know, and, and I, I took a peek at, like, the abilities, and one of the abilities is a passive ability form of the ribbon from... Uh, from Final Fantasy, where it prevents all status ailments, you oh, know. Okay. So I'm thinking, like, uh -huh, I'm I'm looking forward to the part where there's gonna be like a boss that uh, that you know makes me kind of use these mechanics, right? Um, where I'm like, oh shit, I can't beat this guy. I got to use the special characters, you know. Mm. Uh, so yeah, looking forward to to trying out something like that. Oh boy though. It's it's been it's been rough. I just why are they all spheres? Treasure spheres. <laughs> I can't get over it. It can't be a chest anymore, man. It's the future. It's so stupid. Can't be a chest. You can't have materia. It's all different now. This is the future and everything is better now, believe me. It's just the really like important thing is that like Final Fantasy X, as I keep saying, Final Fantasy X was stupid at the start, but in a way where, like, they did it just right, and it was funny and fun, right? Mm -hmm. But this one is just, like, embarrassing. And uh, I'm glad uh, I have this knowledge going in now, because once I play it, if I do, I can just enjoy it for its cringe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. There's... <laughs> There's Final Fantasy X-2. That's my thoughts on it so far. Hopefully, next time you hear me talk about it, I'll have beaten it. I'm a little curious about the uh, the not the, maybe not the garment grid, but like the different dresses. So, like, walk me through. Uh, I guess Yuna going through. Is it like you change character or change kind of classes, so to speak? Like right on the fly? Is it a quick little? Th well, you you said it's a kind of slow animation, but like. Do you find yourself finding situations where you need to to utilize all different aspects of each different outfit? Uh, like in the same battle? In the same um, battles. Yeah. Every once in a while, yes. So it's not a lot of incentive to use that thing unless, well, maybe now you know that there's a special outfit. Yeah, I think there is. I uh, like... I, I think if you use it right, uh, especially with like I was saying, there there's some garment grids where like if you if you move if you change between two specific classes, it gives you like a, a bonus for the rest of the battle and stuff. 
if I got more into that, I'm sure there are people whose play styles is totally to do yeah. a lot of swapping and that kind of thing. For me, though, uh, right now, I, I'm just kind of using the 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 good old white mage and a couple of fighters uh, strat. It was gotcha. working pretty well. Um, but, you know, there, there are definitely enemies where you need to use elements on them, and maybe you could just swap a character over to black mage real quick. Uh, but... Um, there's also a warrior class that does elemental attacks, so that works pretty well for them. Uh, so, so yeah, they do actually physical damage, right? Like you said, there's a physical attack, or like they have swords. It's not like for some reason I don't know why, but for everything I've ever seen of Ten Two, it's all three characters standing in the same position on a battle stage, and they all have guns. Yeah, so like the starting default class is the gunner, and okay. they shoot guns. Gotcha. Uh, and then there's like a warrior class there's a samurai class there's a gun mage class you got white mage black mage right away you get songstress which is like a dancer and mm -hmm. i like dancers a lot cool. uh, so that's cool um gun mage you know badass yeah the gun mage is pretty interesting uh they have they're, they're the I, I was surprised at how late you get the gun mage because they are how you scan enemies oh. uh, to find weaknesses and stuff. And I, I expected to get that a lot sooner. Uh, that's another thing that I'm kind of missing from 10 is that in 10, you get the scan ability just by having it on your weapon. Like, one thing I really liked about 10 was that your different weapons didn't mm. have uh, attack power on them. They just had different traits. And one of the traits was that if that character was in battle, you could see the enemy's weaknesses, you know? Uh, and that was really convenient and nice to use, but this one doesn't have that. Um, you know, you have, to, you have to scan the guys, and then you don't get the scan ability until way later. Uh, so that was weird, but, you know, it's fine. Yeah, it's just interesting um, how you wouldn't get that early on. But you said it's like... You don't have materia, but you have weapons that have just like a scan ability innate to them. Uh, classes. Oh, classes. Like it's okay, a dress that's sphere that's got the scan. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so right. So it's it's in Final Fantasy X where the weapons have traits, and one of them is like yeah. the enemies are scanned when they are in combat. Yeah. Okay. Well, damn! It makes me want to play these again. Um, I I think the remake for PS4 is both ten and ten too. Is it not? I th I can't remember. Yeah. I. I I think that they're in a pack it together. Is. Okay. Like it's a combo, yeah. And they're on I think they're on PC and they're on Vita as well. Did it release at the same time? Cuz I know when it well, I don't think they were making Vita games when that came out. I, I don't know. Maybe it's an earlier build. The 10 and 10 too? I think yeah. so. It's it came out a while oh, ago. Oh wait, no no, you're talking about like original 10 and 10 too, not the remake or remaster remake. I, I don't know. What? Nah, I'm talking about the remaster of 10 That's and on 10 PS, PS Vita? Came out on Vita, yeah. Man, when did support for the Vita drop? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> technically, you're, they're still... Technically, they're still making Vita games, aren't they? Oh, no. I, I thought, like, Limited Run Games stopped making Vita games because they said Sony was shutting down the tooling to make the cartridges. Oh, wow. I didn't yeah. know that. I mean, I know that Sony hasn't said the word Vita in, like, three years. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I guess I didn't realize that, like, other companies weren't making games for it anymore either. 
Yeah, it's um, it's all based on because they have the you know they monopolize the cartridge production because it's a proprietary kind of cartridge. So yeah, yeah. Limited Run was saying they're they're shutting it down entirely. So they're yeah, no games for hmm. Vita anymore. Okay. Unfortunately. So there probably Lame. will be games in the Vita library that will be digital only. That's kind of depressing. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think there there were for. I, I think there already were, which I was okay with at first because it was a handheld. But yeah. now that they're, what was when Sony was talking about shutting down the PS3 and PSP stores, were they talking about shutting the Vita store down at the same time? Uh, was it all three of them? Think it or was, was it just not. three? I and think Vita. it was just three, three and PSP. PSP. Okay. Um, and then due to overwhelming backlash, didn't they just go, all right, well, you can have PSP <laughs> or something like that? Yeah, they're keeping one of them up. I don't remember. Or, I, I don't maybe know. It's... Maybe it was. I feel like it was all three and they know. decided that they're keeping the Vita up. I never got a Vita, man. I, I Every time I've ever seen the PS Vita, I look at it, I see it working and I'm like, that thing's beautiful. And then like I look at all the games and it's just like, Oh, these are just like all visual novels. <laughs> yeah, the Vita is a wonderful little device. Uh, I I really, really love it as a way to play PSP and uh, PS1 games portably. Very, very good support for those, um, especially with this little analog stick. But, uh, yeah. well, I but the... as far as actual Vita games go... I don't know. I think I I never had more than like five Vita games. Yeah, I I don't know many people who collected a whole bunch of them for it. But that's just the thing. Is like when I held it, I was like, man, this is amazing. This is what I if this is what the PSP was when the PSP came out, I would have probably bought it hands down. But like I was at a point in my life where handheld gaming was just non-existent for me. So. Like, I was pretty much just on PC playing first-person shooters at the time, so I didn't even think about Like, I didn't even have a PS3 at the time that that was out, so I didn't even care about the Vita. Unfortunately, because I feel like, in, in hindsight, I'm, I'm really going to miss out on one if I don't get them, because they seem really, really nice little devices. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like them a lot. Um, yeah, especially, uh, well, what I already said. Yeah. PS1. Like, uh, the man, I played through Resident Evil uh and uh final fantasy 7 so many times on vita just mm. uh in the bathroom and stuff it's great and i think great. uh i think final fantasy 4 for the vita was like one of the first retro ports uh to it i want to say mm. i can't remember but like they 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 didn't just port the game they kind of had to remake it um like to to be to fit the resolution of the vita and everything like they made it high res textures uh, I think they added cutscenes. Like I heard the Vita PS mm, okay. PS uh, or the Vita Final Fantasy Four is like hands down one of the best ways to play it. Huh. Interesting. But, well, um, all right. Any Final Fantasy talk post ten? Uh, you, so you didn't play eleven, right? I've not played eleven. I didn't. Uh, I've not played twelve. I did play a bit of 13 um, hmm. years ago. This was like 2011 or 12, probably. Um, I played a little bit of Final Fantasy 13. I heard that it was really linear, you know? 
And so I went into Final Fantasy 13 thinking, hmm, I've heard that this game is basically like an 80-hour movie. Uh-huh. And you know what? I'm into that right now. That's what I want right now. So I started it up, and I still hated it. Like, I <laughs> still, I was still blown away by just how linear it was. Wait, and, wait, hang on. Uh, is 13, um, is that an MMO? No, it's where you play as Lightning. Oh, and, so I don't uh, even know about that game. Uh, well, so it's it's really linear, yeah. But like the other thing that bugged me about it was just like some of the characters were super fucking annoying. Uh, like I couldn't stand Hope. Like Hope's entire character is that he mistakenly. It's like it, it's like one of the characters in the game tries to save his mom. She's like falling, and he grabs her hand, right? And he's like trying to save her, and then he doesn't. She falls, right? And he's like, he killed her on purpose, and like, uh, <laughs> and that's his character is that he just hates her. He just hates this guy, and is like following him around, uh, wanting to kill him, kind of, but, like, being an angsty, mopey idiot about it. Uh, and and uh, for some reason, I don't know, it's so annoying that, like, it's that that's, like, the setup for the character, right? And I don't know, there's just a bunch of other dumb shit about it that I, I could not get into the plot about it. Like, they throw you real deep into talking about all these concepts that, you have not been introduced properly to like oh we were touched by the sea now we're foul sea and we gotta do a focus you know and you're like okay maybe i think it was actually the other way around the false and the sea um uh but what is a focus we don't know it doesn't tell us you know and it's like this is uh, very stupid the idea where it's like these ancient beings curse people with this problem where they get a focus, which is like the thing that they're supposed to do. And if they don't do it, they turn into a monster. But if they do do it, they die. And <laughs> also, also they don't know what their focus is. So it like leads you to wonder like what the point is, why the the bad guys or, or I say bad guys, why the falsy are like are like doing this to people in the first place. Like, do they actually want to get shit done? Then why don't they tell people what their focus is? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just like, hey, thirteen. Yeah, it was very much presented to me in a way that I, uh, the the story was presented in a way that I very much didn't like, it, and I didn't like any of the characters. And then, and then you get summons. You're introduced to summons in the game, Finally. which are like they're like vehicles for some reason. Though oh, cool. it was like <laughs> Shiva was like, nah, nah, nah. I mean, maybe you're gonna think it's cool, I guess, because you're you, <laughs> but like. Shiva was like sisters that like scissor together and turn into a motorcycle. Whoa, and then, are you kidding me? <laughs> and then fucking Troy Baker. It's like Troy Whoa. Baker gets okay. onto the scissor sisters motorcycle and goes, yeah, at the camera. And I was just done. I just never played the game again. Hang on, hang on. Oh. Hang on. All right, all right. I just need you to know that when you told me Shiva 
turns into. I was expecting a motorcycle. I wasn't expecting your mo- <laughs> you're gonna fucking blow my mind. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I just need you to know what how awesome the words you just said were, but you're telling me the execution were not was not very spot on. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was stupid that the, the Shiva sisters are two halves of a motorcycle. Why are they and... sisters? I, I'm not. I'm not going to ask. It, it's way too cool to be a, to not be a motorcycle. <laughs> oh man! I'm sure it made piped in awful Harley noises too. Um. But, uh, yeah, I am kind of interested in playing 12. I, I probably will play 12 at some point, and then I'll probably try 13 again, if not just to say I told you so. Uh, Which one was however, like then, another or Zodi- the Zodiac Age? Is that one of these? Uh, the Zodiac Age, I believe, is the name that they gave to the re-release of 12, which, yeah, okay. they did, like, an HD re-release of 12. It's enhanced, you know, it has some new features uh, and stuff like that. There scandals about that, wasn't there? There was, like, another eight, or not, I keep thinking Armored Core. Uh, the Zodiac Age is, like, wasn't it? just like missing like half of it, half of what it needed or something i i don't remember there was something going on where people were just like so upset it might have just been the fact that the zodiac age was kind of the whoops let's fix this shit of all the shit for the original game i heard that the original game uh, people were pretty upset with oh you know what okay so yeah i can't specifically answer your question because i don't remember but Mm. there is something to do with like it came out in japan and then when it came out in the u.s it had extra content or something and then the zodiac age might not have had that stuff or something i don't i'm i'm not sure but yeah Mm. there there was something about it uh and then there's 14 though so final fantasy 14 that one's another mmo like 11 was I have played 14. It's awesome. I hear it's fantastic. It's, yeah, like if you like MMOs, uh I would I would recommend it. The big draw to 14 for me is that you get to make one character and they are every class. You switch mm. jobs in the game just it, your job is simply uh defined by what weapon you're holding. Um, and then you have a different level for every job and you get an experience boost based on your highest level. So like if you start out as a black mage and you get up to level 50, right? And then you're like, okay, okay, I've done a lot of black mage. I'm going to, I'm going to turn into a monk for a while. Right? So now you go monk, you're back to level one as a monk, but because you have a level 50 job, you get an experience boost to help you, you know, get up higher as this monk class you know what i mean uh so it's got that going for it very cool um because you know i don't want to really have to make a new character for every class that was a huge problem of mine yeah when i played mmos man i here's why i hate mmos and i could probably go on talking about this so i won't i'm just gonna say you you put a fuck ton of work into something only to find out that the grass could be greener on the other side. So you try the grass on the other side, and then you go, oh, fuck, well, I miss doing this. So you do that back and forth, uh, hopefully only one or two, like with one or two characters tops. And then you go and get them to the end of the game, find out, oh, they're kind of cool in their own way, and then you realize that's when the real game starts. And now you got to start doing daily grinding 
for just quests that the, no other purpose than to give you a way too inflated uh, fucking gold supply. And with the gold, you can do things like buy stupid shit that doesn't matter. And you're going to be farming this. And you're going to do this every day. And then, or if you get in good with another guild, man, then that's when you can go raiding. And that's when you get these. Well, I guess they cut it down from 40 mans, but you know, 15 man raids and it's like, yeah, everyone's doing their thing. And it's cool because everyone's working for six hours to get 30 minutes of gameplay where everyone's just in sync doing their job. And then the rest of it is just like, oh, well, just dicking around. And how much time did I just waste? I, I can't do yeah. MMOs anymore. That is one funny thing about MMOs is that there there's a lot of busy work and a lot of chores, yeah. but raids are like some of the most fun that video gaming as a hobby has to offer. Raids are so fucking fun, you know? Uh, but... Depends um, on the game. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, of course it depends on the quality, right, yeah. uh, of, the, of the game. But, like, when it's, when it's done right... Uh, yeah. The, the, the big thing about the one character thing in Final Fantasy XIV for me is that, like... When, when you're in a guild and everyone's got five alt characters, you know, of their different classes. And so, you, and so you have to remember five different names for every person and all that shit. And then the guild roster is all bloated by people or with people because everyone's got alternate accounts and stuff, yeah. you know. All of that is cut down, which I, I really like. Um, and then, yeah, also with 14, the music's nice. The graphics are nice. You know, it's uh, it's a fun game. I don't really do MMOs anymore, so I haven't been playing it for a long time. But uh, you know, if that's your thing, I, I do. I say I hate it. MMOs, but man, there are two MMOs I can—well, three that I can think off of the top of my head that I like. But right now, I'm playing Sea of Thieves, so like that's technically an MMO, but because it's first-person perspective with shooting, it kind of fools me into thinking it's not. So <laughs> doesn't bother me there. Yeah, yeah. So, um. Yeah, and that's about that. I mean, there's a there's a fifteenth Final Fantasy now, but I I know pretty much nothing about okay. it. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say I've heard universally great things about that game. Really? Yeah, except for like, I think Kotaku was like complaining about that. There's like a lot of just running around and not shit that's not important, but it's like actually it's just character building <laughs> between the the well, crew of people that you know. From what I know about it is that they went with a pretty much completely action battle system. That too, yeah. So if you're into turn-based Final Fantasy, it's not that anymore. Uh, and then I've also heard that there is a lot of driving around yeah. uh, where you just kind of set your car where to drive, and there's a lot of waiting with that. Um, oh, you don't even drive the car? I don't think so, but maybe you can optionally. I don't know. Hmm. I've also heard, maybe they fixed this, but when the game first came out, I did hear when the game first came out that there is a giant chunk of plot in the middle of the game that is missing because you're expected to watch a movie. There's like Whoa. a movie. What, that, what game? <laughs> Final Fantasy XV. Fifteen? Yeah. What, do you got to like watch the movie. Spirits Within or something? Yeah, there's like a movie that takes place in the middle of the game. 
Uh, and I, I think I remember hearing when the game first came out that it straight up wasn't finished as far as cutscenes go. Yeah. And like, so there's just story shit missing from it. Mm. Now, I think if you play it now and you download the latest patch and stuff, then you'll get all of it. Uh, um, but yeah, so that, that means was, if that, I want to buy it, I have to buy, hopefully they'll have made a, a, a special deluxe edition disc or something. So yeah. I know that the build I'm getting is complete. And when I play the game 20 years from now, when the Sony servers are down, I won't have half the game missing. Right, right. Yup. And that's so even if are... I can. <laughs> so I say, I, I said I knew nothing about it, but I, yeah, there's some things like that that I've heard. Yeah. Um, also, like, I don't know if I'm into the character designs. Like... They look like a boy band, you know? I don't know. Or like That's... a rock. They look like a rock band. It's going to come with a territory, unfortunately, I think, at this point. Um, that is very... Like, those kinds of character art designs are just so... Like, I think the goal was to make anime real initially a long time ago, and I think we're there, and it just doesn't look like what we thought it would look like, I guess. <laughs> yeah, like if there was one character in a in a Final Fantasy game that looked like one of the guys from 15, I would like the design, but when it's all four of them. Yeah. It's it's a bit much. I agree. I I hear people love this character Noctis in it a lot. And like there's one other character that other people like a lot too. But like I look at the game and I go, this has um Advent Children issues in that there's a bunch of weird Sephiroth clones and no character is real distinct from the other. You you said the character's name. He has like a Middle Eastern kind of sounding name. Kadaj? Kadaj, yeah. That, you, yeah. That's a cool that name. That was like... But yeah. th- there's like... They're, they're samey looking. Maybe in the story they might actually have been clones of each other. I can't remember. But anyway... It's it's all samey and and I don't I I can't distinguish which character is which without you know I have to play through it to get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I you know I don't know about fifteen. Maybe I'll try it out at some point, but we're a while from there yet. Uh, You're on the I gotta play SMT train. Right. I got to get to Nocturne and then play uh, four and maybe four apocalypse before and maybe strange journey before uh five comes out in november so i'm probably not gonna make it <laughs> mm, yeah um there was a it was a uh gaming event or something that was supposed to be happening sometime close today and i don't remember what that was i wanted to talk about it but i can't remember what it was it must have not been that important perhaps we can get to it next time yeah, because that's it. There you go. There's the 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 new the half Fantasy. of Final Fantasy and what we know about it. Yeah, mostly fuck all for me. <laughs> right, but dude, ten is so good, and I'm I'm glad that I got to gush about it for a while because that man, I was very surprised by how much I liked that game. Yeah, I think the I think I liked all the characters too. It's like. There was one letdown. I liked Kimari a lot, but he's just this weird silent Yuna's guardian type, type. And I was just like, man, I love halberds and, and tridents too much. And this guy's just like not giving me anything over here. It's just this weird oh, silent yeah, yeah. furry. <laughs> I hear you there. Yeah. Yeah. I think Riku was my favorite character of the, of the main, uh, of the main cast. Yeah. And yeah. But yeah, I, I, uh, 
I very, very surprised by how much I liked that game. And uh, I'm glad I got to it when I did. Um, because uh, I, I, I had one uh, regular viewer on Twitch for a long time um, who actually lived uh, kind of close by to me. Uh, but he was a, a regular viewer and active community member for uh, for many years, and I think it was I think it was one of his favorite games. You know, he he tuned into every stream uh, for it um, and watched all of it and really enjoyed it. And uh, he passed away uh, af- like like uh, pretty recently, like uh, just a few few months ago. Um, oh, that sucks. I'm sorry, man. Yeah, so, you know, rest in peace to him, uh, you know, great guy, um, and I'm just, I'm really glad that I at least got to share that with him, uh, you know, because that was, that was, uh, seems pretty, like such a small thing cool. to us, maybe sometimes, but that's, that's pretty huge, because that's all mm-hmm. your interaction you get with some people, and, uh, lose them, man, you kind of have to cherish what you got, and that's pretty cool that you have that. Mm-hmm. Well, um, so all right. Yeah, that's that's Final Fantasy. I guess I we'll figure out what we're going to talk about next week. Yeah, yeah, I think uh Wednesday is our new live oh, yeah. day now. So expect live days to be Wednesdays and the archive is all caught up, so expect archives to come out every Thursday probably. Sweet. You're talking about the audio recording? Uh yep. Awesome. Thank you for doing that, sir. Of course. And thank you guys for tuning in. We are um we are Dash Retro and Invictus Knox. You can find us on Twitter and Twitch. And uh, we appreciate y'all hanging out. See you later. Later, guys. Bye.